Kia guys. Welcome to Pretty Depressed with Kim Crossman. Welcome to, really, my therapy and my journey to better mental health. Bit of a disclaimer, none of my guests nor myself are in any way mental health professionals. So if you're not in a good place, then I strongly advise that you seek out professional help. These conversations are unfiltered and they are not for sensitive ears. We talk drugs, sex, alcohol, religion, medicating, alternative therapy, suicide, mental health, aliens and witches. In season one of this podcast, I talk to a lot of actors. We often mention pilots. Now, for those of you who are not in the industry, a pilot is the first episode of a TV series. And off the back of the pilot, the hope is that it gets picked up by a major network and becomes a massive hit. A huge thanks to all my guests for being so vulnerable and for sharing so much. I gained so many lessons and tokens that I can apply to my own life, and I hope that you guys do too. I also want to put it on record that I am a chronic accent mimicker, so please note that in the wake of this podcast, I am adding that to the long list of things I need to work on. In this episode, I talk to Adam Rose. Now, you probably know Adam from Carol's Second Act, Happy Mary, whatever. He's in pretty much anything that's on the television at the moment, and he's amazing. I love this episode because we talk about fear, the fear of marriage, the fear of commitment. We talk about medicating. He is a fascinating person with uh, some underlying health issues too, which we dive into. This is Pretty Depressed with Adam. Thank you for coming to do this. Are you curious why I asked you? Because we Um, don't know each other that well. Are you like... No, I mean, I'm I'm pretty fascinating. (laughs) Very true. No, I don't know. Uh... Uh, well, we worked together recently, so mm-hmm. that I figured that had something to do with it. Well, specifically, though, the reason why I wanted you here was just your numbers on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No. I have a massive, massive Huge audience. Uh, which you do. No, the reason why you're sitting here um, is that, yes, we recently worked together. Uh, I was a guest star in a show, and for those of you that are listening that don't know, like, you kind of come in, you're coming into a well-established family, and you're like, hey, can I join in the fun? And they're like, for a few days, then right. you have to leave again. And you're like, Something oh, I've done many, many times, yeah. And me too, so it's yeah. like knowing your place. But you were incredibly friendly to me. You're also one of the few actors that I've worked with and gone like, oh, I'd love to be friends with him outside of this, because you're really intelligent. That's and so sweet. I think I'm inherently attracted to intelligent, curious people. Thank you for saying that. Um, And I think I just wanted to get to know you a little bit better. But the fact that you were like so welcoming and stuff, like I always feel like such a pleb when I do guest stars because I'm like, I know that I'm only here for a bit, but I do want to have a good time, but I also don't want to get in the way. Right. So um, I think because Mary Happy Whatever was, it was my 30th television show, but first time doing a full season as a series regular. Wait, really? Yes. So really, yeah, yeah. Because you're recurring on every show that's on the television. Yes, I'm on all of them. Yep. I'm on all of them. That's no, very uh, <laughs> actually true right now. Yeah. Uh, so I know the, um, the. Have you done pilots though? As series? I've done pilots. How yeah. many? What's your count? Um, I've done actually. I've only done. I've tested for many, and I've only uh, I've done one. Okay. For Amazon, uh, that did not end up getting picked up. It was against, uh, not against, but it was in the same batch of Amazon pilots um, that uh, Marvelous is Mrs. Maisel, Marvelous Mrs. Mrs. Maisel was in. It's hard sure. to say, but uh, yeah. And so, and so we didn't stand a chance. 
you know, against that one. But anyway, so yeah, I started in that one and and yeah, 30, 30 television shows, first series regular, full season. And so I know the uh, the plight of a guest star uh, very, very well, but intimately you, well. You weren't just kind to me because of that, right? No, of okay. course not. No, you were also... <laughs> now I'm like, oh, now I feel wildly uncomfortable. No, no, no. <laughs> so you were, nice obviously, you, ca- you were wonderful. You, you came. You're talented. Fishing. You were very funny. Um, but also, you know, I think it's important that when it's sort of your house, you know, that you are... Um, kind and welcoming to people who who come and and guest on on a show that you're on, you know? Yeah, I like that. I think that's important. And also, you were wonderful, and so I was especially nice to you, more than every other guest star. Yes! (laughs) Um, So I I don't know a lot about your journey. I didn't know it was 30... like recurring and guest kind of situations. Yeah. For how long? What is since that? Since I was there? uh since I was eight years old pretty much. Here so, in LA? Uh no. I grew up in New York City. Right. So uh I started in New York when I was eight, uh moved out here when I was eighteen. Mm. And I've been out here for almost fifteen years. Did your family come out too or just you on your own? Um uh no, it was just me on my own uh, out to L.A. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, because I was actually born in Israel. Okay. Um, and so me and my family moved from Israel to New York City when I was two. Okay. Uh, lived there until I was 18. What and, was the cause of the move from Israel to New York? Um, I know? think my – yeah, I mean my parents wanted more opportunity. Um, there was also um, – some friction, I think, between my 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 mother and my father's family because okay. they uh, she is Ashkenazi mm-hmm. and um, uh, and my dad is Sephardic, mm-hmm. and so there was uh, uh, there was some tension. There. And my mom was also divorced and had two kids already. My two half brothers, so his really family my, were like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his family were not so welcoming to her, and um, as a result, uh, they were looking for a new start, and so they went Makes to New sense. York. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you came out when you were eighteen, did you were you like L.A. is the place to be? I'm so happy. Like, what was that move like? So I had already been acting mm-hmm. uh, in New York, and so I kind of knew I was going to spend some time. In uh, in L.A. at some point. Mm-hmm. And then right after I graduated high school, I auditioned for a play that was being done out here in L.A. at the Amundsen Theater. Okay. Uh, and that was a play called Dead End. Mm-hmm. And I ended up booking that play and they relocated me out here. So that took care of that for me. I didn't have to worry yeah. about how I was going to come out here. That's nice. I moved out here um, with a job and with this kind of built-in um, – Uh, uh, Community almost. Community, yeah, exactly. Um, It was a huge cast uh, of people, and um, we made fast friends. And, yeah, and the rest is history. I I, I got a new agent. I um, uh, uh, found a new place after the the play was over and and got a couple roommates, people I was actually working with. Uh, And, yeah. You seem um, like someone who has it all together. Okay. <laughs> what I mean by that is like you seem – you're very well-spoken. You're very calm. Um, Thanks. You're very, very funny. So I guess I'm curious if 
God, this when is, is, this is funny... doing great things for my ego. I it should. Tell you you should deserve an ego boost. You. You're great. <laughs> where, where does your funny come from? If funny comes from like pain, is it like, oh, childhood? Or it's like, oh, missing out on jobs or... Interesting. Like... Uh, good question. Uh, where does my funny come Yeah, okay. Well, I um, spent a lot of time trying to make my parents laugh, especially my mom. Um I, uh, like, was that your way to diffuse situations? Yeah, there was an element of that. Yeah. Yeah, there was an element of that. Um, I also uh, uh, did not have uh, a lot of friends mm-hmm. in elementary school growing up. I was definitely a nerd. I was short for my age. What were you nerding out on? Like video games, books, or um, just no, anything that wasn't mainstream? Yeah, of? it just, I, ne- I wasn't a sports person. Okay. So I didn't – so I was, like, in the other category, you know. Mm-hmm. And I also was interested in the arts, you know. I really um, was interested in performing. Um, and then when I started doing that professionally, I think that kind of ostracized me even more. Oh. Um, uh, and uh, and I also had a, uh, a medical condition – I have a medical condition called Gaucher's disease – have you ever um, heard of Gaucher's disease? It's it's a pretty rare disease. There's just over ten thousand people in the world with it. It's a storage disease. Uh, uh, my my blood does not naturally produce a certain enzyme that okay. is necessary for certain functions in the body, um, and so uh, that was part of the reason I was short for my age. So and- what is that? What is life like with that? What does that mean? So basically, when we found out about it. Um, God, this is going to go off on a whole other tangent. We're fine. We have no linear format. Yet. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah. When Anyone we... listening is probably like, I don't fucking know what that is. Yeah. Please ask him what that is. It's definitely. I'm not going to pretend. Yeah, to. most people, yeah. even do- a lot of doctors, <clears throat> um, uh, end up having to like, you know, uh, excuse me one second, you know, <laughs> and then like leave the room and then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course, Gaucher's <laughs> disease, yes. Um, Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, uh, so basically, when we found out about it, I was. Um, around the same age, seven or eight years old, actually, around the same time I started acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been very short for my age. I had bad complexion and 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 low energy. Um, and no doctor really knew what was going on. Then we switched insurances and I got a new pediatrician and I met I went just to meet the guy, have like a initial checkup. And he like touched my stomach and was like, uh... There's something, <laughs> there's something that is too big in your stomach. Jesus. You need to go get a CAT scan right now. And so I went and got a CAT scan and got all these tests done. And we found out that my spleen was 16 times its size. It was bigger than a basketball in my stomach. And um, they didn't know what the issue was. I ended up having to get a bone marrow test. Um, and then they found out that I had Gaucher's disease, which is the storage disease uh, that means you don't produce an enzyme. I believe the name of the enzyme is glucocerebasinate. And Rolls off the tongue. Totally. <clears throat> and as a result, my uh, dead cells were going into my spleen but not flushing out as they were supposed to. Um, my blood didn't clot as well as most people. Uh, my energy was low. I had low blood platelets, um, white blood cells. Um, so my immune system was not sure. as good as other people. I had low bone density as well. So th- this enzyme really like did yeah. a number on my body, and I've had it since I was born. Um, it's sort of hereditary. My Both my parents were carriers of a certain gene, and they have a one in four chance of having a baby with the disease. Um, 
And so at that point, once we found out about that, they put me on a medicine that I still take to this day. Um, it's an infusion. I, I sit for a couple hours with a with an IV. Um, that you do yourself or you have to go somewhere? Uh, I used to go to the hot when I was a kid. I went to the hospital for it. And now uh, for the last since since I was a kid, since a few years after we found out about it, I have a nurse that comes to my house, okay. mixes the medicine and then um, sticks me with the IV. And Is I, this like once a week? Or I do it week? once a month. It was okay. once every um, other week. And now I do it once a month. And is that something that. Like, what if you're working somewhere else? Like, you just have to accommodate Yeah, either somehow? I accommodate. It depends how long. I mean, I can skip a month here and there. Um, okay. So it, it, it hasn't been an issue. Um, but, uh, yeah, so as a result of that, just to, like, kind of circle back, yeah. I wasn't able to play sports because they were afraid my spleen was going to pop. I... Uh, I I, I I had to take a step back from normal kid stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I think that also probably contributed to me developing a sense of humor about things. Um, and yeah. Well, especially if you missed out on playing at some level, you probably get yeah. so much great joy out of playing Absolutely. now in whatever arena that is. Totally. Wow, that's pretty full on. Yeah. Have yeah. you spoken? We got right into it. Well, that's got the goal. Right I mean, that's what I, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So is, was that something you've ever spoken to your parents about, about like, were they scared? Was it totally yes. cool? I mean, I, I would imagine having a child and not knowing what is wrong is probably a little bit more terrifying than like being able to label something. So thank Absolutely. God for that second doctor. Yeah, they were terrified <clears throat> at first because of all the symptoms, um, very similar to uh, leukemia. Yeah. So they thought I had leukemia. Um, and it wasn't until the bone marrow test that we found out I had gauchets. But when I was getting the medicine, you know, they have no section of the hospital for patients with gauchets. So I was just sitting with leukemia patients getting my enzyme replacement therapy yeah. uh, for for a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. Well, I can, yeah, I can see why you have an escapism to want to be funny and to diffuse as well. Yeah. And also bring joy when everyone's probably been like... Totally. Maybe not bubble wrapping you, but a bit cautious. You Absolutely. probably have this rebellious, like. Yeah, and I think there was also, an, uh, you know, the element of wanting to emulate things that I saw. I mean, when I was sitting in in the hospital getting my infusion with all those kids, the one thing that gives those kids and myself at the time any sort of escape was were these rollaway TVs, you know, and they had like Disney movies and yeah. things like that. So I. That was it, you know. I was uh, in my darkest times. That was the one thing that made me feel good. Was there anything that people could have done, or that you wanted people to do better? And I and I say that because I feel like you know a lot of what I'm going to probably talk to you about is like mental health yeah. and whether you're suffering from something or you know someone. Like, how can we make the conversation better? And one of the things that we've touched on and had an aha moment today about is checking in with people, not just mm. saying, hey, I'm checking in, but also like following up with questions rather than results. Like, oh, you're just tired or da-da-da sure. or you need a nap or sure. go for a run. Like, it's better to how I would rather people talk to me like, oh, what can I do? Or is there something I can do to make you feel better? Or how can I make your day better? Like, is Absolutely. That I of, mean, did you experience that? You mean as a child? Well, and I guess growing with being unwell or during that season. Yeah, I mean... I I think as far as everybody was very accommodating as far as the the disease went, but as far as what you're talking about in mental health and things like that, I definitely was suffering from anxiety, even from a young age. And, still today? Oh, yeah. still today. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. How does it show up for you? Um, it manifests in different ways. Um, 
you know, it can be as uh, minor as just feeling unsettled or feeling um, dysphoria, Um, uh, you know, just a general unease or, and you're not even sure why you feel anxious about something. And then, and and it does take time to kind of getting, you know, to get better at, at pinpointing, you know, what that might be and how, how you might go about um, helping yourself. Um, But I think when I was a kid, uh, I didn't have the language to kind of understand what was happening. So there would be times when, uh, oh, and by the way, yeah, and as minor as that and as uh, major as like full on panic attack, you know, if I'm, you know, there's been times when I'm in uh, a big crowd and just end up having to, you know, and, and can't get out and just kind of start weeping (laughs) and, uh, and having to like kind of crouch down and pretend I'm somewhere else and just full on panic attack. You think you're going to die. Um, so when I was a kid, there would be moments of not being able to breathe Mm. and feeling like I couldn't take a full breath in and having Mm -hmm. to go to a window to like try and breathe. And even then like having trouble. And so my parents were like, what are we allowed to curse? You can say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. So my parents are like, "What the fuck is going on here?" And uh, and they take me to the doctor, and doctor checks my lungs, and the doctor's like, "No, he's He's just fine. He needs a nap." (laughs) Yeah, he's fine. Like, you know, it might be what they said was psychosomatic, and my parents were like, "He's not crazy," you know, like because my and my parents are immigrants, and you know, they speak English well, but like. You know, a doctor tells them that what their son is feeling is psychosomatic and, like, they just had no idea what that meant. And, yeah. and they had no language to talk about, like, panic or anxiety or anything like that. And that's what was happening. I was just having these, like, panic attacks. Um, and so it wasn't until I was an adult that I was able to kind of... Did you, on your own accord, go and see someone to get diagnosed? Were you like, I, or just via culture, yeah. are you like, oh, I, I, I figured out, yeah, okay, I, it, 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 I soon figured out that I uh, suffered from anxiety. Do you yeah. have depression as well or no? Well, actually, um, I learned, apparently anxiety is a type of depression. Yeah, I think the two are linked, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I think I, uh, I can be prone to depression at times. Um, Is it tied to your employment and unemployment? I think that employment and unemployment uh, inevitably factor into anybody's psyche because I know I'm saying that like is this is well I ha- yeah. I got diagnosed with severe depression that's situational because yeah. it's entirely all my worth and value I put on employment so yeah. I no, go I up mean, with the up and down with the down and part of me actually doing this and speaking to people like you is like well I don't have well, I do have the option to quit but I know I'm good at what I do and I love doing it that yeah. my first response right now is to like how can I better than be pursuing this where I'm not killing myself for absolutely 90% of the time yeah. absolutely yeah I mean it's that is the kind of ongoing battle of a creative's just, yeah creative's yeah. life is is figuring out how to balance that um, uh, desire to um, progress and to achieve more uh, with not hating yourself if that's not 
happening or if it's if it's not happening as quickly as you'd like it to. Um, I can tell you like a little more than a year ago, I couldn't get arrested and it definitely affected my psyche. You know, you couldn't get arrested. When I say that, I, it's a it's a, a figure of speech. I, I everyone no. in New Zealand's like uh, pretty huh? easy to get arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no <laughs> figure of speech meaning um, I couldn't get an audition. I couldn't. Nobody, nobody. A year ago. Yeah, nobody really. I I I was having a lot of trouble um, figuring out like kind of where I fit into things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting an audition like maybe every other month. Which, for those that don't know, is like insanely, um, it's just a low frequency. Uh, mm-hmm. What does that come out to? Six auditions a year or yeah. something. And you're not going to do well with that kind of um, uh, amount of opportunity. So, yeah, uh, I definitely f- was feeling kind of in a dark place. Would, was like quitting an option or was it? It's something that like crosses your mind, but but Do you never... have any transferable skills? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I do. I think I could survive okay. in other fields. Um, I, you know, but I, um, I would feel like a failure. You know what I mean? That that I do know what you mean. Yeah, that's and that's like just me personally because it's I have identified as an actor and a and a creative my entire life. So mm-hmm. it's it's very difficult for me. And I'm just of, saying that because yeah. I think that that's the response sometimes. It's, it's making you this unhappy. Go and do something else. But it's right. not quite No, it's not so easy, that. right. When yeah. you're still wanting to pursue that thing. Absolutely. Just... You might be more unhappy doing something else than how unhappy you are trying and failing at doing this. <laughs> yes. What did you medicate during that time at all? Whether that's like drugs, alcohol. Yeah, I mean, sex, I'm a regular Instagram. pot smoker. Really? Yes, yes. I don't know why that made me hit my leg. Uh, really? I, I'm I'm glad it's a knee slapper. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I'm a, a a daily pot smoker. Are you high right now? Yes. Are you really? I mean. High. Well, in, I, I I'm not good at weed, so the times that yeah. I've done it, I'm like, I'm so in another dimension that there's no way that I could come and talk it without. I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, so, so I admire I think that because it's a daily thing for me. I have I have a bit of a tolerance, and okay. so I'm not. I don't get, uh, you know, inebriated from smoking. Mm. I um, am using it really uh, in 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 micro doses. And uh, really as a form of anti-depression, anti-anxiety, that kind of thing. Um, And I'd much rather be doing that than taking any, you know, prescription pills. And that's just on me. Like I have nothing – I think prescription pills help a lot of people and can be extremely beneficial. Um, But if I – for me, if I can find something that is natural that that um, that works just as well, I'd rather do that. And was during that time that you say like a, a dark time this time last year, was that something that you were um, doing in, in excess more than like a microdosing thing as like a numb numbing method or no? So actually, um, uh, this was this came at a time when I took a little break from smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it got worse. Yeah, I bet. it got a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, I need to get back. <laughs> well, well I, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, there was definitely an element of like, you know what? This is, um, you know, once someone was saying, hey, you know, maybe you should 
see somebody and maybe think about getting on some antidepressants, I'm like, I think I'm going to just smoke some pot again because that's yeah, makes me feel better. Yeah. And it's, and I can still be myself, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't become a zombie. I don't, you know, I, 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 in done, uh, when done in small doses, I think, um, it can just be beneficial for the mind, the body, um, yeah. Um, I'm a believer in that as a medicine, for sure. I'm definitely a believer. I just haven't been able to find that sweet spot of not panic. It's not for everybody. It's not for but everybody. I think- it doesn't match with everybody's chemistry. You know, it's like it's like prescription drugs, too. You know, yeah. some people just have bad reactions to certain um, chemicals. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there is potentially a, a strain or an amount. There's that, Med Men next door. Should yeah, we go after this interview? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe during the interview. We should go. Yeah, let's see, cameras. Come roll with us. We're on the uh, road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. over time. <laughs> yeah, so this will take a whole – we've now created a whole series of episodes. Yeah, that's perfect. Not a bad idea. Um, yeah, it's funny. I don't actually often publicly talk about um, – uh, smoking pot and things like that. Are you worried about a stigma attached to it? I think there's definitely a stigma attached to it. And I think if I were currently unemployed, I would have more of an apprehension to talk about it because, um, you know, you just, you don't, there there are um, uh, assumptions made based on things like that still, I think. I I don't think it's been destigmatized yet. Um, I agree. To a certain extent. I agree with that. I I think that in you talking about it and talking about, you know, all the topics we may or may not kind of cover and this whole thing is like trying to demystify a bit of that conversation for myself as well. Like you are a very functioning, very successful, very intelligent person who, like anything, in moderation is using something that is natural to help you. I think that that's a great way to look at it. Absolutely. I don't think you're sitting here and we're all going, this fucking toss-up. Oh, man. Maybe you should cut back a little (laughs) bit. Maybe you should cut back. (laughs) No, not at all. I think, But I think, too, like, I'm at this, like, frustrating point in my career where, like, listening to you talk about, like, how you get out of a dark place and to also be sitting, luckily, across from you a year from that moment and go, you have shows coming out yeah all the time yeah. like we're also talking about it yeah this it's, is a success it, yeah. story that you are in front I of mean you. and I would not at all um attribute any of that success to microdosing me sm- weed <laughs> yeah exactly no, um, I think nice it's helped that, like, me stay that, sane at times yeah. when when and, and listen there is a certain you're amount you're also not of, telling me I do a bunch of heroin every week like right right and it, yeah it definitely it could be worse it could be worse it could be worse <laughs> uh so yeah, I think um, it 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 helps in certain respects, but um, uh, as far as you know, being there a year ago and being where I am today, um, that is what this business is like, where you can just be. In Does the- that mean that you can enjoy this high though, or are you sitting here going like, "Is your voice?" And I don't know, but yeah. my voice is. When I'm employed, I am. I think I'm wonderful. And I'm like, this is amazing. And then as soon as the job is winding up, the voice comes in. It's like, I have a bit of imposter syndrome. Sure. It's kind of like, you'll never work again. Sure. They'll find you out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) I mean, there is, of course, that. There is, of course, that. And there is that while I work sometimes. I remember when I first started on Mary Happy, um, (laughs) there was, I felt so... Uh, lucky to have gotten that job and 
I immediately felt like, well, the universe is going to balance itself out somehow. I'm probably going to get a car accident or, oh, you know, so, like that's where my mind goes. Yeah. And that's messed up. <laughs> that's messed but, up, but I relate to that, of course. Yeah. It's like um, it's good, but not for long. Yeah, yeah. just give it, a, give it a few seconds. Um, so I'm currently working on trying my best to just give yourself a break. Give myself enjoy a break, uh, enjoy what's happening, um, not worry about where it's going or what's going to happen next or any of that stuff. It's it's very difficult. Well, that's a little difficult too, especially if you're enjoying the work you're doing. Like yeah. I'm imagining you're sitting here going, great, we did this show. It's a huge success on Netflix. Everyone's watching it. Are we going to go again? Do we get to do it again? Of course. Like, I'm sure of course. you're smiling I was, like you know the answer to that question. No, I okay. really don't. I really don't. I'm smiling because last night I was with the cast. We we went to dinner, a few of the cast. And, you know, we're, we're all just hoping, you know, we're yeah. all just hoping we get to do it again. And there is an element of just kind of being in limbo. And, and you want to just be able to enjoy the fact that we did it. We did one season and we... And and people seem to like it, and mm-hmm. you know it's well. People seem to love it, and you are a standout, hilarious. You're very performance. sweet for saying well, that. Thank you. True. I, Thank you. you. Know, I believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. What does your brain look like? If you were to describe it as a scene, mushy, mushy, not, and not in text. Um. I'm not in like <laughs> you know. Um, what does it is look it like? Chaos? Is there someone running around? Is there? Oh, uh, I used to think that mine was when you went in the Simpsons episode. You go down through the ground, and then there's the lady with the different phone plugs trying to do it. That's funny. Have you seen that episode? Uh, probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think there is an element of that. I think there's like there's like four or five of me in there. Mm-hmm. One of them's you know the PR guy who's. On, uh, you know, talking to you right now. <laughs> Don't be the PR guy. You know what I mean. Not I just sure. mean the, the on the the person who you present to everybody around you. You know the 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 public. Uh, way you present yourself um and maybe not i don't just mean because we're on a podcast and you're interviewing me right now i mean you know anytime you're talking to somebody um your best version of yourself the one you like to show and then behind that there is another voice that is judging that person judging the person that you're talking to you know what i mean like judging everything around you and you're trying to like shut that guy up Mm -hmm. um then there's like the crazy guy who's just like hey what about you know chestnuts and like squirrels crazy huh and you're like why am i thinking about squirrels and this is so silly who gave that guy the bike yeah (laughs) exactly you know there's that kind of thing going on and so I don't know if that's the fourth. I don't guy? know if I'm answering your question. You are hundred percent. There's four guys. In yeah. The, so what's, just, the, the, the point fourth? is, I don't know who's the fourth. The fourth is, you know, probably not saying anything. And he's like, just go, go sit somewhere and, and be, not be around people and, and crawl in a hole somewhere. Is he and, sensitive? And stay there. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So if you're showing guy number one to most people, do you ever show guy number four to anybody? Yeah, I think there's an element that's showing you him right now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I like I'm, him. I'm spe- thank you. I'm speaking for him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
Um, that's a version of me that I just, I just don't. I would happily go through life with no one seeing, which I'm learning is not actually fair to those around me, and right. it makes me never feel good enough because I feel like there's something that I'm. Well, yeah, I mean, I and you don't, and you don't strike me as someone who is disingenuous. No, um, disingenuous. It's just like this version of like an exhausted Kim. Like I'm not. My favorite version is like making people laugh or like right. feel important, and like there's like a pity party version which I'm judging her myself as right. I'm talking about it because that's my I don't like her and I'm trying to learn to like love all sure. of myself and be like it's okay to be vulnerable and sensitive but I'm like I don't like that because that to me feels weak and self-indulgent and I'm sure. trying to learn to like I think it's okay to like that. acknowledge that that person and um and just kind of name it for what it is instead of reacting to it as a result, um, if that makes any sense. Like, I I think it is good for me to acknowledge that I have those kinds of tendencies and it helps to um, sort of, like, separate myself from those impulses. Mm -hmm. You know, I can recognize them as impulses instead of, like, who I am and who I should be, you know, and, and the way I should act. And now, a brief message from our sponsor. What's your happy place? For me, it's sitting on the couch with my cat, a cup of tea, and playing Best Fiends. It's the perfect way to feel productive whilst you're relaxing. In Best Fiends, you get to solve fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. So join the community of millions who are already playing Best Fiends. It's fun, it's addicting, it's challenging, and I love playing it at the end of the day. It's my little treat to myself with my cup of tea. It forces me to sit down and chill for a bit, which if you're listening to this podcast, you know I need to do a little bit more of. Best Fiends. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Do you exercise self-love at all in any way? Oh, yeah. What do you do? Oh, man. Well, I have You're saying a, like there's this long laundry list well, of things you Well, I have a healthy do. bit of um, self-love, I think, just kind of built into myself. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, and that's probably a result of my parents. You know, my, sure. my mom thought everything I did was pretty fantastic as far as like cre- creative stuff. Sure. You know, she's always extremely supportive. Um, and so – yeah, I'm pretty nice to myself when it comes to how I look, how you know, how you know, how I interact with people for the most part. I'm not without moments of oh god, you know, did did those people what what did I say around those people and like did I do they like me or did I make a fool of myself and all that. I have that, but sure. I think more so than not, I am a person who um, you conduct yourself in a way that you're like, yeah, I stand behind that kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm confident in in my abilities and and myself as a person. Yeah, that's really nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You and you deserve to be. Thank I think you. it's uh, it's one of those things where it's like I relate to that sometimes. Yeah, just not currently, but it's nice to hear 
you say that, it's like, cool, I, you deserve to feel that good. I think you got, that's also something that um, I'm a big proponent of um, fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just, especially in the, in what we're talking about, it, it can help a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, faking it till you make it. Do you um, recharge with people or by yourself? Like you uh... by myself, probably. Okay. So, do you set aside time? Like if you uh, if that's taken away from you, what do you kind of see happen in your life? Like, do you get more irritable, or like if you haven't had that time to kind of recharge? I think anxiety, right? Okay. I think if I don't have some alone, you know, it's that kind of thing where if you're at a party, and sometimes you know you just have to like go to another room and close the door for like five minutes just to have some silence. See, I've never done that, but I should do that. Oh, yeah. Or like you've never – what, you've never like gone to the bathroom just to like close the door and like remove yourself from the situation for a few minutes? Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I think I'm more likely to – stay until I have no choice but to leave and go do that, like mm. push through it, which doesn't serve me because then you get more exhausted. Or you, right. Yeah, like I, I should I should be better at being a self-aware human and going like this person is triggering you or this situation right. is exhausting or you've said the same thing six times, they're not listening or like whatever <laughs> right. it is. But yeah. instead I'm like, I'm going to push through. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, lean yeah. into it or whatever it is. Or you if someone's be, being rude to me. like You might actually be stronger than I am then. You know, I, I just, don't know I, because I stay in – I'm a people pleaser and I want people to like me that I will stay in something or a conversation or friendships if we go larger or relationships right. longer than I – should to serve myself oh wow out of wanting to either serve the other person or think they need it or just out of trying to get a different response sure yeah i think uh there's an element i have i have a bit of that as well but i think um uh uh superseding that is is my selfishness (laughs) i don't think it i think it's admirable i think that if i could see if i could see you know cut a crystal ball like a screen up going like you're getting low on this yeah of course i would go oh i think it's honestly that that what you're talking about that like meter that Mm kind of says get the hell out that's my anxiety you know what i mean if i'm feeling like i can't i'm gonna blow yeah i (laughs) can't think about what this person is talking about because i'm too busy thinking about some other thing that is making me panic mm. um i uh better remove myself from the situation for a few minutes or or, or just yeah mm. yeah do you um have a therapeutic alliance like do you go to therapy have you been to therapy so me and my wife go to couples therapy from time to time really yeah. is that a something you've always done or no okay no we went before we got married uh, As a lead up to marriage, yes, great, yeah, because I had some hang ups about marriage, and, and you didn't want to get married. It's, I mean, in a in a reductionist sort of way, you could say that, but it was a little bit more complex than that. I just okay. had some reservations about marriage in general um, that I needed to work through and and kind of talk through and express with a mediator. <laughs> yeah. Um, healthy. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously I, uh, love my wife, Joanna very much. And yes. so didn't want to, um, uh, didn't want to hurt her feelings in the process of me trying to figure out whether or not marriage was for me. You know, I had no doubts about our relationship, but mm-hmm. I had, uh, serious doubts about the institution of marriage. Um, 
And, you know. I'm smiling because I feel that way. Yeah. Well, I learned a few things that kind of helped me make that decision and also just kind of made some self-realizing or just self-realization moments. You know, I had some of my own. So it, what is it? Um, I learned that people who are married live longer and are healthier. And that, to me, meant something, Mm -hmm. you know, I Mm -hmm. think that there is something to that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, definitely the thoughts about legacy and things like that started coming into play Mm -hmm. and, and, and wanting a family and things like that. Um, and then also the fact that we had been together for, uh, at that point it had been around seven years and, I'm the kind of person who, like, even with my closest friends, like, they have, like, a three-day max to stay at my place because after that I hate them. So the fact that me and my wife had been together, or my she was my girlfriend at the time, had been together for close to seven years and we didn't hate each other, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. You know, that we weren't sick of each other yet. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think just o- over time I became more and more uh, – uh, comfortable with the idea, and then the other thing was. Can I can I ask yeah. what your hangups about marriage, the idea? Were? Yeah, the till death do you part, right? Be- and the reason for that being that I, uh, there were moments growing up where my parents were not happy with each other, mm-hmm. and. And I'm sure that's pretty normal. But I would um, say so, yeah. Yeah. But they you know, it would get it would get uh, you know, bad for me in the sense that like I you know, I spent part of my childhood like trying to get them to stop fighting and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I, I think that uh, and, and you know, there were times when they would tell me they're getting divorced and then that wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And part of me was like you know, get divorced. <laughs> yeah, get yeah. Divorced. Like if you'll be happier, right? I'll be fine. Yeah. And and so I think growing up, I was always very um, uh, just kind of um, skeptical of this whole idea of marriage. You know, we marriage was invented in a time when we lived till what, like twenty five or something. Yeah, you know, so like be... till death do you part was not a huge commitment. No, well, I, I agree. So my mother's been married three times. My father the same. My sister twice. Yeah. So like my hungups about marriage was that it was committal to a point, but it also like for them reflects different chapters in their lives. Right. And I'm someone who is like constantly craving my own evolution that I'm. Sure. You know, a little I'm scared about marriage because I'm like, oh, I, I oh, this works now. But I have seen like, thank God I didn't marry, you know, like boyfriend five or six or whatever. You got somebody you can evolve with, you know. Which like, I, I think I have. I think I – but I still have this like hang up of yeah. – um, and also as a creative, I don't know if you relate to this. I'm like, oh, but I – you know, at some point I want to take a year and get a combi van and do this and do that. And not that marriage stops any of that. I think it's more about graduating to that life chapter that – seems so of our age group at the moment it's like to me i'm not ready to do that and that's kind of what my hang up about and you don't have to be you know what i mean like and there's nothing saying i can't get married and go and do all of those things i just for some reason in my mind have this like the other thing is is 
you know, the the till death do you part thing. It's the the truth is is it what it should be is till you know till till we stop making each other happy. Mm. You know, every day you got to wake up and you got to like choose to be with that person, and um, and you hope that you continue to make them happy. But there's nothing, you know, there's nothing keeping you there and if you don't make each other happy then you don't have to keep doing it and I think knowing that can relieve a lot of the yeah some of the you know feeling I think people sometimes feel stuck Mm. you know like I don't want to be stuck with somebody but Mm -hmm. the truth is you're not if you think of it as more you're waking up every day and you're choosing to be with that person and there's nothing really like no one's forcing you to be there you know, uh, the marriage stuff just means like, okay, now we like pay taxes together or something. I, mm-hmm. I don't even really know. You know, it's just sure. like a, yeah. um, it's a commitment to each other. And now you guys are a, 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 a unit, mm-hmm. you know, you are one unit. And, um, and I also think when you meet somebody that, again, you can be with for All an extended period yeah. of time and not feel like, man, if I have to see that person one more day. You know, like that alone, like just feeling like, oh, like I look forward to seeing that person at the end of the day or I, I, you know, I still enjoy waking up next to that person. That's, you know, you're not going to find that in a lot of places. So when you find someone that you feel that way with, I think marriage will probably be a lot easier. Yeah, it'll be an easier decision for you. Be like, well, you know, it doesn't get a lot better than this, Mm -hmm. you know. Have you found that... um the therapy thing to be helpful and oh, add value yeah. to you guys in terms of dialogue or absolutely yeah yeah no I I highly recommend therapy for any couple. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you ever nervous seeing a therapist of like what will come not- out of it or because it's and I say that because I feel like and I've said this before in in Los Angeles specifically it's irresponsible if you don't go to therapy whereas yeah. like New Zealand it's still a new like when I was like I'm going to a going to go to a psychologist to see where I'm at people are like it was you, like sidebar okay? conversations with everybody yeah right. like, she's just tired she'll be fine ah! like, right 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 <laughs> is she going nuts yeah which what's happening maybe uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just curious if you had any like hangups or stigmas. Like I was so nervous going to the psychologist. I was like, I was like, what if she tells me I'm a serial killer? What right. if she straight out the gates is like, oh, you're tested quite high. <laughs> it's funny, you know. I had more of the trepidation of, I mean, look, we're actors and we deal in emotion and and things like that. And I think there was an element that was like. I know what they're going to say. I know what I'm going to say and I know what they're going to say in response. And there there is some truth to that. But then I think the other thing is that you don't really um, – uh, that you can't do yourself is reframing certain things, getting certain perspective on certain things. Hmm. Um, and uh, And pointing out patterns that you may have not otherwise – kind of figured out on your own. And are you stubborn when they present you with a pattern? Absolutely. Really? <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, you're always, you know, I, I, you know, again, I have a very, like, healthy love for myself. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and so I can when get a little... Like, hey, you're, you do You this. have this, you have, yeah, you have this fault oh. or you have this um, crutch shortcoming, yeah. or shortcoming. Yeah, that's a great word. Uh, I get defensive. Yeah. For sure. Um, And so, 
Do you mind sharing like maybe something that you're working on? Absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason why having a therapist there is a good thing because then I can get mad at her and not mad at my wife. That's br- <laughs> Well, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, because she doesn't care if I get mad at her. Um, uh, but my She's wife, like, it's my job. My wife cares, you know, and I care too. I don't want to be mad at my wife. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just good hearing some things from someone else. Uh, you, you don't, you don't, while your significant other may be aware of your shortcomings, you don't necessarily want to hear them from them. No, and it's also there's so much that's so complex when yeah. someone's giving you feedback where yes. you're like, oh, you think that? Right. And then and then also you're viewing oh, all tongue, of these other – Oh, me thinking Yeah, of all of these of interactions yeah. that yeah. you've had and like what that implies for all of those things. And so yeah. there's all this like baggage and history that comes along when you are discussing – yourself with your significant other. Um, And so it just helps to have a third party there who's going, hey, here's your shit and here's your shit. Um, And here and I'm the person telling you. So, you know, it's true. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Do you um, what is something that you, Adam, sitting across me is like, oh, this is something that's front of mind that I'm working on, whether it's like. Um, Like uh, Like on myself. Well, like me and. Uh, Kevin, when I spoke to him, was like both of us are very impatient. Yeah. People. Oh, sure. So yeah. that's something that I'm like trying to be better. I'm very actually patient with like customer services and things like that. Like I'm a patient, kind person. Traffic bothers me a bit, but I don't get road rage. Yeah. I'm impatient with um, life. With uh, yeah, yeah, definitely with life. Did yeah. you? <laughs> you're gonna call me on my shit. Uh. <laughs> Everyone in the room's like she's impatient <laughs> with life. <laughs> we see it, Kim. Yeah. Yeah. Very impatient with things that aren't on a timeline of what I expect. Sure. I'm very impatient if I needed an answer from you in an email, not you specifically, but yes. you, the da da da, and it's like it's stopping me. Because then all of a sudden it's all you can think about. It's all and I'm can't waiting is like, I just need a thing. yes or no on right. this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, um, I uh, can, I can be, um, susceptible to being impatient sometimes for sure for me it's more life stuff it's it's i want things to happen now you know i mean you've done 30 tv shows yeah you're deserving of a series regular 10 years ago well i thank you for saying that but i yeah i mean i i think a lot of what i have learned over 25 years uh in this business is things don't happen on you know in your in your timeline uh, or according to your timeline and part of excelling in this business is figuring that part out right part of excelling is figuring out how to stick around when a lot of people that I was acting with when I first moved here and I was 19 20 21 years old um, aren't acting anymore and they either move back home or they're mm-hmm. doing something else um but you know it's a tough tough gig what then what is that and i'm going to call it rejection and i hope that's not an offensive term but like that that time period with things aren't working on your timeline sure what have what has been a gift Mm. if we flip the narrative of you not getting this series regular role till this year yeah and yet preceding it as all these years of wanting it but it not working on your timeline what gift has that reject rejection? Definitely a couple things. Um, one, I got better. Right, I sure. think I think there are 
plenty of um, examples of people who, you know, like <laughs> fresh off the boat, book some some job and they, and it blows up. Maybe it's like a CW show or something and they become very famous. But what happens is because they don't have chops, you know, they may have been perfect for that role and they might be great in that role. But being able to have longevity in this business and being able to um, exist in different, you know, uh, uh, characters and, 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 and groups of people hiring you and, and whatever it is, um, that takes uh, experience. Mm-hmm. And if your only experience is doing this one thing, then uh, you might not have the kind of career you're hoping for because you haven't had to kind of, you know, when they say pay your dues, that's kind of what they're talking about. They're talking about, you know, learning, um, just getting better, just Mm -hmm. getting better. And that doesn't just mean in front of the camera, right? That's part of it. But it's also like how to foster your relationships, you Mm -hmm. know, how to, how, how to be on set, how to, you know, when you're not working, how to reach out to people and how to, um, you know, how to act on set. You know, I, I had the pleasure of acting on set with so many people who are legends and, and, and you know, really set an example for how to behave in this business and sometimes how, how not to. Well, that's what I was yeah, going to yeah, say. Yeah. I mean... I- well, yes, that I've also equally seen as a sure. huge amount, huge examples on what not to do. Absolutely. So, and it's a learning Which experience. Is almost more valuable, I yeah, think. Yeah, because, ways. you know. But it's that, disappointing. It's a little heartbreaking. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that um, it taking as long as it did for me to get a full season as a series regular. Um, and was that always the. That was some, yeah, I mean, yeah, one of them. It it was a, it's, yeah, it's been something, it is a uh, a legitimizing of an actor out here, I feel like. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, It's strange because you can do a bajillion shows, but until you're a series regular on something, now all of a sudden forever, right, people will always... Even if we don't get picked up for a second season, which I hope we do, um, people will be able to say, oh, Adam Rose from Mary Happy Whatever. Mm -hmm. And until now, it's just been like Adam Rose from like a bunch of shows, sort of, you know, (laughs) like Adam Rose, who was on like a couple shows, like a couple times. I agree with that. And I don't in the sense of like some of those parts, like, for example, Will Ferrell and Austin Powers is like tiny, but really memorable so sure. for a lot of the time like my goalpost was like be a small part in something big sure but be the most memorable and Stand quotable out. kind of yeah. yeah then obviously the goalpost moved to series regular out here and I guess I've had the journey of like booking series regular five times in a pilot and then them not going so mm. I'm sitting here being like okay so I've been validated in the employment yeah. of it it's just the execution so my frustration it's comes not from even like, the execution yeah. it's just like the lottery the- ticket hitting that's Which, all it but is. But because it's out of my control, there's like this, like, I feel I don't know what to do with my right. Right. sadness and rage and like, uh Yeah. Was booking the series regular and then pursuing it everything you wanted it to be? Or was it different in some way or had it morphed? Well, I had the unique experience of, of 
booking a Netflix series, which was going straight to series. So I didn't go through the process of being sure. booked on a pilot and then waiting to find out whether or not that pilot gets picked up mm. and for how many and then doing a certain amount. And then while during that run, waiting to find out again whether or not you're picked up for the back nine for a mm-hmm. full season. I mean – that is a whole role doing network television. That, and by the way, that is the process for a network pilot, you know, on ABC or NBC or CBS, that kind of thing. Um, that is a whole different beast. So for this, it was more just like I went in once. I auditioned for Tucker, the creator, and our casting director, Jeff Greenberg. And um, and that was it. And then it was like, oh, you know. You didn't I, have to go test? No, there was no testing. They taped the audition, and what Netflix does is they don't they don't do a testing process. They just take your tape and they send it up the flagpole. You have know, you, but you've tested before, right? I have. You have. Yeah, I've tested many times. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, that essentially means you've signed your contract for seven years. It's yes, like you and maybe it's like the three final audition. People. Yeah, and you're usually yeah up against two or three other people. And you all go to a place at the same time and you do your scenes in front of the entire network and the studio and, and you've already signed your contract so you know how much money you could get if it were to go for yep. the next decade. And There's, they're like, cool, now perform the best you've ever performed. Right. Go. It's a really a horrible system <laughs> of trying horrible. to get anybody to do their best work. You know, there's nobody who goes into that that situation feeling like comfortable (laughs) um and so there's and you know obviously performing being comfortable is 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 uh paramount um so uh, yeah you have to kind of trick your brain into into doing something that doesn't come naturally at all and uh and hopefully it works out but it, it even then it's so it it could have nothing to do with your performance. It could have everything to do with, well, the person who they really like for the brother character is something or is someone that doesn't look anything like you. So, mm-hmm. well, we really like that person. So we're going to, you know, we're going to have to find somebody else for the sister character. Mm-hmm. And things like that happen all the time where you have literally, where it's no, not even sure. your performance that, you know, becomes a factor. Um, so, yeah, I was very uh, fortunate to not have to, to, so nice. Yeah, go through that gift. process. In, insane, yeah. That's so Totally cool. insane. Um, my time with you is almost up, but I quickly wanted to just talk to you briefly about politics because oh, it's man. one of the most exciting things that... Okay. I and it, I'm going to try not to get in trouble. No, you're not, not, in a, <laughs> not in a get trouble situation. I just feel like you as someone who is like very finger on your pulse, you're excited about 2020 elections. Sure. I, I'm just more curious of like <clears throat> who at this point in time you're backing and why and, and like your key voting things. It's If you're comfortable talking about it. You don't, yeah, also don't have to. I, I don't. The truth is, is I don't have an answer, right? Okay. I, I have um, people in this race that I like. Mm-hmm. In, in the Democratic primary race that I like. Um, and I have people that I think are inevitable uh, or a person <laughs> that is inevitable. And, you know, I, and man, it's just so hard to even say. I, I, I've, I've been disheartened. Um, 
Do you do you follow the politics because it brings you joy or you are just not okay with the situation as it is that you have an invested interest or like what I, is the what is the obsession with it? I had definitely never been as engaged in politics before 2016. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can probably say that. I mean, I'm not even from this country, but yeah. I, I can't get in. I'm just it's yeah. so insane it that is. it's hard not to yes. you either get frustrated with it and you have to deal with it anyway or you can lean into it and go what are we doing i think i just became fascinated i mean not that it is at all comparable in terms of the importance but like even when um conan and jay leno were going through their late night wars like i was fascinated by that um and then this you know Obviously, the stakes are a hell of a lot higher here. Um, And so, yeah, I was kind of sucked into this um, political obsession. And Do you have a late-night obsession as well? (laughs) I don't, really. You don't? I don't. I mean, I loved, you know, I loved Conan. And so I just was always very upset with what happened to him. And so Mm -hmm. that... um, it just fascinated me, the whole thing. And then obviously the history with David Letterman and things like mm-hmm. that. There was just like a whole world there that uh, that fascinated me. And obviously the for, for, for them, the stakes were incredibly high and the whole country was kind of watching. And so it was mm-hmm. very interesting to me. And then all of a sudden um, 2016 happens and, yeah, I, I was – I was just fascinated – by the sideshow aspect of the whole thing. I mean, it's really become, and it's just gotten more and more ridiculous um, how much of a show the politics in this country has become. It's really become a reality show. And so naturally, like, people are becoming invested. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and while I do... Has uh, it crossed your mind to come live in New Zealand? I think it's crossed everybody's mind, probably. I know somebody who moved there, actually. Oh, really? Because yeah. of the political climate? A director. Uh, yeah, a director that— It really is the place to be. He moved. He just was like, you know what? <laughs> We're moving to New Zealand, and now he lives there. Great. Um, I don't know. I, I think I've definitely had moments where I'm like, we're going to have to get the hell out of here. And mm-hmm. then I've also had moments where like, no, that's that's how we lose. You know, mm. that's how we lose. Um, but I'm not trying to get into politics either because that just sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I guess I guess like you have you're so well versed in it that I can I wish you a very long career as an actor. I just <laughs> feel you. like, I, you know, there's nothing saying that, you know, when you're in your 60s or 70s, you don't you know, do a podcast or it will be something yeah. different than a retina scan or whatever right. that is. And like right. you have a wealth of knowledge that I just feel like is um, really fascinating. Thank so. you. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I feel better knowing at least a little bit more what's, what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I feel more informed. Yeah. Um, well, we have reached the end of our podcast. Oh my god! I know I've taken an hour. Do we talk all the stuff? Do we do it? Do we do we cover all the topics? I had a list, but I didn't really. I was just we wanted to, to have it. a conversation. I didn't even look at it once. Oh my god! Um, but I wanted to end by um complimenting each other because I feel like that's a nice way to end. And okay. So we don't just sit here and go, "What did we do? We blacked out. What did we talk about?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think you're one of the smartest, most amazing people and well-smoking people I've ever met. And um, thank you for I think saying that. It's actually been really exciting this past hour getting to know you a little bit deeper and feel even more invested in wanting a win for you because you are a great role model. And I hope that I hope that your stock continues to rise just so people can continue to not only have you entertain them, but hopefully hear more of this side of you, which I think is just. Yeah, you're you're a real gym. That's so, so nice of you to say. Yes, I mean it. Oh my god. I I'm feeling bashful. Good. Um well, now I I have to compliment you too. Because I said so, because yeah. Because you said so. <laughs> well, uh, I actually I'm getting better at being like I really value verbal validation. So when I sit there late at night oh, being absolutely. like I'm insane that I can go it's okay. Listen, you can you can call or text anytime you need any validation because Thanks. You are wonderful. You're beautiful. You're very smart. You're incredibly smart. Um, I it didn't take very long at all when you came to set to realize like, oh, she's like really funny. You, you know, you've got really great timing, but also you're quick. You know, you can tell you've got you've got a lot going on, um, and you, uh, yeah, you're just wonderful. You're like a light. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pretty Depressed. A huge thanks to our executive producer, Kevin Connolly, and our amazing crew, Raul, Kevin, and Narod. And, of course, our sponsor, Best Fiends. Make sure you subscribe and give us a good rating so we can keep bringing you more epic chats in the future. And if you're on the gram, give us a follow at Pretty Depressed Podcast. Cheers. <laughs>